Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app on the go and in the palm of your hand. The official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts, and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital. And we are recording this here on the eve of the start of the Wizards postseason. Uh, they're going to play Boston in a play-in game, uh, hopefully for a, a chance to get into the playoffs. And all things Wizards postseason this year are presented by Capital One. And Zach, that road to the postseason, I think, has a lot of different possible starting points that you can look to, whether it's Russell Westbrook getting healthy, the team acquiring Daniel Gafford, uh, April 7th, just in general, which is kind of the statistical turning point for the team where their 17 wins since then are the most in the league. Um, All sorts of ups and downs that they've been through, but the one kind of constant that they've had has been Bradley Beal, who on Sunday in the most pivotal game of the season with the eight seed in the play-in tournament on the line, stepped up and I I think um, put on one of his most heroic performances of the season after missing three games of the hamstring strain and looking frankly hobbled in the first half came out in the second half and essentially won the wizards the game down the stretch you can give robin lopez some credit too but brad scored 13 of his 25 in the fourth to lead the wizards to the pivotal win what what did you see and what can you say about what i think was one of his most memorable performances in a long time you know brad you know he's a winner he doesn't want to sit out no matter how serious his injury is and he's always said when it's if it ain't broke I'm going to play John will always say the same thing and take what you want with that statement but it shows that there is an absolute desire to just do whatever it takes for the team to win and I think you know he talked about it in his media on Monday that he felt a lot better once he took that hamstring tape off, which was, is kind of behind his leg. So it was a little uncomfortable, I think for him to, to move with. And, and you could see a difference in the second half. Um, and it was even better that he woke up today and felt great. He said, um, you know, it's, he's not hundred percent and he probably won't be for a bit here. Um, but he's laying it all out there. And I, for your franchise guy, who's been with the team, you know, now in his ninth season to just really put it all on the line and, be willing to do that is, is very gutsy. And I know it was a ballsy move and he admitted that. Um, but to see the way that he just closed the game after, you know, so many years, well, not so many, just feels like so many because of the pandemic, but the last couple of years, not being in the playoffs and knowing what it means to win that game and possibly win Tuesday in Boston and set yourself up to be a seven seed after this kind of season. I mean, what, what else can you ask for at this point? I mean, they're, they had 17 wins in their first 49 games, and then they had 17 wins in their last 23 games. So it's been a tale of three and a half seasons, it feels like. And I thought it was, like Coach Brooks said, it was like a very uh, similar uh, storyline to the season, like the game was. They were down by a lot of points. They kept fighting back, then they couldn't get over the hump, fighting back once more time. 
think a third time they did again. And then they finally got that run in the fourth quarter and they really stifled Charlotte. I mean, there may be only two or three defensive possessions in the fourth quarter where I thought the wizards like really let the Hornets get away with something. The defense, the rotations, everything was just spectacular. Yeah. And there's so many different things that you can point to over the last month and a half or so. Like I said, that feel like they, they played their own massive role in the turnaround, but it just, it felt so fitting that it was really Brad kind of putting the cherry on top of, of the turnaround and pushing the wizards into um, into a, a really advantageous spot in the play-in. And, um, you know, it was like you mentioned, funny to kind of hear him talk today is like, I didn't, I didn't go out there and I didn't make it worse. You know what I mean? Like, like he said, the hamstring's not going to be hundred percent, but he he's at a point where he knows he can contribute. And, you know, if, if he's out there, he's a threat. And, um, you know, I, I think to some degree, you look at how he played in that first half and, you know, there are a little concerns. I, I mean, you know, whenever a guy goes out there with a hamstring injury, you go, you've got a little bit of extra concern, just knowing the, the risk of, of re-injury. And it was, it was so fascinating to hear him talk post-game and, and today during practice about the conversations that he had with the staff. They, they knew the stakes, they knew what he had to do, but, um, you know, they made it work. And, and to see him kind of come out and get stronger as the game went along was was really impressive and kind of um you know, there's a bit of a, a bit of relief as, as you watch him uh gain confidence in that leg as he's playing on it and for um just I guess clarification purposes going into the playing tournament tomorrow there, there's no question that he's not listed on the injury report um that went out Monday evening by, by all accounts he is good to go and ready to roll and um I guess not to put everything through the lens of his hamstring, but if they are able to get a win on Tuesday night, that would set them up for uh, a few days rest heading into the plan. So that I, I think would be um, just an ideal scenario uh, on, on so many different levels. But uh, before we move on and start talking Boston, I, I think it, it would uh, be a disservice to some of the, the other great performances from the team in that Charlotte game to, to just give Brad all of the credit. It was, it was essentially the whole, core of veterans that stepped up. Um, you know, Robin Lopez was huge down the stretch. He shot nine of 11 in the game for 18 points, which trailed only Brad and Russ. And, um, you know, we, we've called him Captain Hook all season and, you know, see him work his magic in, in really unconventional ways. And the fact that this deep into the season, it's, it's still working. Um, it's, it's, it's a remarkable reflection of this team's ability to just get the best out of Every guy, every player on this team feels like they know their role, which is, um, I think, all you can ask for at this point in the season. Um, there's, there's not roster changes to be had. The group you have is the group you're going to get. And this group knows what they do well, and they know what they don't do well. And I, I think that's, that's just as important. Yeah, I thought between Robin and, and Ish, I, I mean, really Ish, probably for a full 48 minutes both ends of the court was the best player on the team um especially when I, I looked at his defensive numbers this morning and said he held his matchups to 0 of 10 shooting which um is remarkable um I know those those aren't always the most accurate tracking um it but like it comes from spe second spectrum and they they watch the game and go through it and I think the signature game almost of the entire uh, play of the entire game was when uh, the, sh 
the Hornets, Cody Zeller had that fast break and Ish just like took the ball from him. I think they called it a block in the statue, but it was more of a steal. And then they went down the court. He set up the offense again and uh, the team hit a three, Brad hit a three and it really gave them the momentum and you could feel the crowd. Um, and Ish also hit that, that, that pretty incredible floater uh, as he was running to his right um, and put the team up three. So it was just a gutsy performance by everyone. I mean, the vets really willed them. I know Ruby had a good game um, as well, uh, but <laughs> you look at who, who won them the game. It was like all their veterans, Brad, Russ, Ish, Rolo, and Bertans, who had a great dunk in the first half, hit some threes to kind of keep them alive. And um, you, could, you could feel like they were missing a void without Neto in the first three quarters, and I felt like Ish stepped into that role. Um, so Neto's probable heading into Tuesday. That's great news. I think he's such a key part of what they do on the perimeter. Um, but kind of, you know, transferring over to the Boston game, the key for me for to win is like the Celtics really struggle to defend the paint. Um, they have a really good rim protector in Robert Williams, but he's still young, gets in foul trouble. He's been hurt. I think he's probable also for the game, but they can get to the rim like we know the Wizards can. I think the Celtics are going to really struggle to stop them. Um, and then on the other end for the Wizards defensively, it's just keep doing what you've been doing. I mean, the Celtics team is, is it's well-documented. They haven't had a great year and they don't have Jalen Brown anymore. You just have to stop them from making threes and you got to contain Tatum. So, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking forward for the game, um, heading over there in the morning. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a really fun atmosphere. Yeah, and you mentioned the offensive strategy for the Wizards. It's been funny to hear Scott Brooks talk about their ability to get to the rim or get to the free throw line this season as essentially an adjustment that they had to make to the fact that they couldn't really knock down threes consistently all year. So the Wizards have plenty of practice in in slashing and attacking the paint. It's it's easy when you have two of the best guards in the entire NBA running Doesn't hurt. And, and initiating that. Um and Brad specifically has had a lot of success against this team this season. He's averaging over 40 points a game in uh, his three games against the Celtics this year, which is the most he averaged against any team in the league this season. Um, so if he's anywhere in the same stratosphere as 100% or can put on even a fraction of what he did um, against Boston this year, then the Wizards should be in, in good shape. Um, I don't know, man. And if – the Celtics are essentially a, in a reverse situation of the Wizards when it comes to momentum. They have lost five of six heading into this play, and I think if you had told them a month and a half or two months ago that they would even be in the play, and it would, uh, it would be a disappointment. But to you look at that roster, even without Jalen Brown, um, they've got more than enough talent in one of these single game scenarios. It's not quite single elimination, as the loser of this game would still have another shot. Uh, to then play for the eight seed, but they've got more than enough talent to make it interesting in a single game setting. And it doesn't matter how hot the Wizards are. It doesn't matter how, uh, how, how, how many contributions they're getting from the bench in addition to uh, what should be an all NBA backcourt. Um, they, they got to bring it. They got to play the defense that they've played the last month or so, or um, they're not going to win. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It's, basically March Madness like anything can happen 
in these games. A lot of it comes down to health and coaching and, and the luck of where the ball bounces. Like let's look back to the last time the wizards were in Boston, the ball did not bounce the right way. Brad literally slipped on a sweat spot from Tatum after he made a layup. So, uh, you know, hopefully they got that out of their system and can have better fortune at TD Garden this time around. Um, the Wizards have actually fared pretty well in Boston uh, since, you know, the the infamous uh, Game 7 there with when Olenek kind of put the Wizards away. The home team's only one in that series. Um, but since then, I don't know the record off the top of my head, but I feel like the Wizards have gotten at least one game there. Um, they only played that one game this season there, so... Um, from what I remember, it might've been two, but uh, still, I it used to be like, you go to Boston, you're not going to win. And I feel like the wizards have been able to like get over that hump in the last couple seasons. Um, I don't, I'm assuming their capacity is about the same as the wizards, about 25%, but like crowds make a big difference. We see it at the game. You can feel the momentum go, um, but there's definitely a lot of chatter that the, the Boston fans are not happy with this team. Um, and it, the funniest thing to me is like, it's, it's been what, four years since that series. And the only three players left beside, you know, you got the coaches and their staffs. Um, but the only three players are Brad Marcus smart and Jalen Brown, who's not playing. Um, it's just crazy how quickly rosters turn over and um, it, it's like a shell of itself. Like you don't even remember those games, but there's so many intriguing storylines. You get Tatum versus Beal, the St. Louis connection, um, you've got a lot of veterans on both teams who are eager to get back to the postseason on different, on different teams. Um, and obviously the winner is going to play Brooklyn, who is a juggernaut, uh, talent wise and on paper, but they haven't gotten all together. The loser will have a chance to, to, you know, beat the, the winner of the next game and take on Philly, who's no easy task either. So, um, we've got all these, these East coast, uh, teams in the mix here, um, no shortage of drama, no shortage of excitement in, in big markets. Um, so people are definitely looking forward to, to these games. I mean, Lakers, Warriors is going to be outstanding. So between those two and the other play-ins, it, it should be a really interesting uh, couple nights of basketball. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I think if you um, asked anybody at the league in terms of uh, what they would have wanted from uh, the landscape in the first year with the play-in, this is, this is pretty close to perfect. Um, super fun matchups. Big names, big markets, as you said. Um, the Wizards will tip off at, at 9 o'clock on Tuesday, right after uh, the Hornets and the Pacers play each other at 6.30. Both games are going to be on TNT. As you said, uh, the winner advances to play Brooklyn. The, the loser of the Wizards-Celtics uh, game will play the winner of Hornets-Pacers for the eighth seed. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. So um, we... We look forward to, to watching and we will check back in again at some point soon. And we're going to go now to an interview with Anthony Gill. All right, Anthony Gill joins us now. Anthony, thanks for taking the time, man. Man, I appreciate you guys for having me on. So we're recording this shortly after you guys touched down in Boston, ready to roll here Tuesday night for the team's first uh, and hopefully only game of this play in tournament here. Let's, maybe make quick work of it. But as you guys kind of take a second to look back on what this last month or so has been like for you guys, how do you, how do you even encapsulate what this recent run was like? Um, I would describe it as just fun, man. You know, for everything to be coming together like it is, um, especially when, when so many people just thought, you know, 
all right, Washington Wizards are going to be last, you know, might even be last in the league. Um, for us to come back and, and really fight and uh, prove everybody wrong, it's, it's really been fun, you know, for us to come together and really start connecting and having that chemistry on the court. Uh, it's just been fun. That's the, the, the one word I would describe uh, this uh, last month as. Hey, G, I mean, for you, the quote the other night from Coach saying, like, you – he thought he was better than you or whatever to start the year, which is, you know, that's just comedy. He obviously doesn't actually believe that because I don't think he can move like he used to um, when he was a scrappy guard in the nineties. But um, just for you, this journey to be able to, to contribute, you know, so much off the court and in the huddle, but to be able to show like I belong in the NBA, I I'm here for a reason for you from a personal standpoint, how fulfilling has it been um, as enjoyable as the team success has been, at least, you know, it's kind of gone along with your individual success as well. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I think I've been fulfilled all throughout this season though. You know, even when I wasn't playing um, just being able to be a part of the team and help the guys out, you know, as much as I can and whatever role that, that looks like, um, you know, that was fulfilling for me. You know, I told myself when I came in, I was going to try to help out in whatever way I could. Um, I remember, you know, saying if that means I have to sit on the end of the bench and cheer the whole time, um, I'll do that. Um, and it, it played out like that for majority of the season. Um, it wasn't until recently I was able to get on the court and actually contribute. Um, it's just it's a good feeling, though, to just get on the court and, you know, uh, be able to play, you know, just to sit on the sideline is, uh, and watch the games go on. A lot of times, you know, uh, a lot of guys who've been on that in that uh, in that role as, you know, sitting on the bench. Um, not getting to play that much you, you kind of watch the games like man can I can I still do that you know <laughs> and uh, it's just one of those things where I got back on the court and it really felt uh, you know normal to be back on the on the floor and playing but uh, it's funny because you go through ups and downs and uh, you think the whole time like man like not, not like am I good enough or it's just really like can I do that or like oh that was a nice move I wonder if I could do something like that um, until you get on the court, you can't really uh, figure it out. So <laughs> it's a good reminder, really. The ups and downs this season as a team, as you guys have kind of survived and made it through them and gotten to a point where um, I think you guys, I, obviously you have your sights set on, on bigger things, but you guys have done something over the last month that you can really be proud of. Because of everything that you've done and everything that you guys have gone through, do you guys look back and use it as motivation to say, Hey, we did that. Let, let's channel that into what we're about to do. Or is it whatever, man, we survived that's in the past and let's just focus on what's about to happen. No, of, of course. You know, I think we, you always look at what you've done in the past and build off of it. You know, you don't harp too much on it because, you know, you can't live off of what you've done. Um, you know, we've done good and bad things in the past. Um, but, you know, look, this is a different season for everybody. You know, it's a COVID season, a shortened season. The games are back to back, um, you know, 72 of them. Um, and, and, you know, we were hit a little bit different than every other team this year. You know, you know, Russ gets traded here. I mean, that's a big piece to get traded. Um, you know, he has to integrate with everything that that's going on along with this COVID season. Um, and then boom, we get hit with everybody basically on our team gets hit with COVID. Um, then we're out. We have to miss a lot of games. Um, then we have to fight back from injury, we, injuries and everything like that after that. Um, it's one of those things where we know we've been through a lot this year. Um, and most teams, you know, they really haven't had to go through as much as we had this year. Um, so we rely on that a lot. Um, but we also know that 
you know, with those things that we've been through, there's a lot more that we have to fulfill. Um, and, and by no means do we feel like, you know, we've made it to this point, to this playing game, and, you know, we're done. Um, I think we all believe that we're a scary team in the playoffs. Um, and if we can, you know, go out there and continue to do what we've been doing, I think um, it'll be a, a fun time, like I said earlier. Do you remember, like, a moment or if you look back on this year, multiple moments that you're that you just felt like you know we can do this it's going to turn around you know how did you were those moments where you felt like you found that hope um I know you're a very hopeful guy you're around a very yeah. optimistic confident leader in Russ and and Brad um as well but did you feel like there were those moments at all I mean I even think back to the that first Brooklyn win it was like it was kind of like this team can do this it's just there's a lot going on right now and then that was like right before COVID, the COVID stuff hit. Yeah, I think we always had had moments. You know, I, I remember us early in the year we played Philly, um, and we and you know we we stayed close the entire game. I think we were there would be moments in the year where we were up. You know, it seemed like thirty points, or and then we would lose it. You know, lose that lose that lead, or we would be down thirty points and then we would come back. And you know, those those moments were always like, you know, this team is, you know, we're good enough. You know, we have the pieces, we have the talent. Now it's just up to us to put it together and get it done, you know, and, and the leadership of uh, Russ and Brad, um, you know, I think um, that was, you know, key for us to get everything together. You know, I remember, you know, early in the season when Russ would come into the huddle and, you know, he's a very demanding player um, and a very demanding leader. So he would come into the huddle, you know, everybody would just be listening to him but everybody would just be taken back because they didn't understand his, his leadership style. And everybody would just be like, man, like, come on, man, this guy, he, he doesn't know me. Like he doesn't know like what I've been through, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, like throughout the rest of the season, you know, Russ showed that he's the greatest teammate ever. And then now when he comes into the huddle, he does, you know, he goes off on everybody or he's leading in his way. You know, everybody understands now where he's coming from. And uh, you know, I think, there was a point in time, I don't know exactly which game it was, um, where people just started understanding, you know, all right, you know, this is how a winning mentality is cultivated. You know, this is how he's just trying to get the best out of us. And, you know, same with Brad. You know, Brad has been a part of the Wizards for a long time. And, um, and now, you know, he's learning from Russ as well, but he's leading in his own way. You know, he's leads by example. And um, for us to go out there and just follow that is um, those two leaders is, is, it's easy. You know, we just have to fall in place from, you know, just being around the team for a while. It, it's interesting to me, too, because that leading by example for Brad was always his comfort zone. In the last couple of years, he really had to step out of that comfort zone and be more vocal. And mm -hmm. I think having Russ come in and, and, and not, you know, take that over, because I do think they, sh they share that responsibility. But to have Russ in and kind of give him a, a breather from those situations um, I feel like has really helped him, you know, just like get through the year and, and, and be able to focus more. Um, Cause it, it's just very demanding to do that by yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and, you know, Russ is very vocal, you know, and that's the one thing that everybody knows on this team. He's a very vocal guy. He's going to tell you what, you know, he thinks you should be doing uh, or what, what things that, you know, could help the team out the most. Um, and it does give Brad a break. You know, because it was a lot on his shoulders before, you know, being that, you know, like you said, lead by example guy. Um, 
And, and now he can go out there and Brad can just, you know, focus on what he does for the team, which is, you know, go out there and score the ball. You know, we need to do that at a high level. And, and you know, it helps our offense run a lot better that way. Um, but, you know, he can take off plays off when you, you know, have Russ right there, you know, telling everybody what they should be doing and how we can get Brad the ball, how we can get him to be successful in, in every single situation. So it definitely makes it a lot easier on Brad for sure. We all kind of saw it on full display Sunday against the Hornets. We've obviously seen those guys put up crazy numbers this year. Brad became, I think, the sixth player since the merger to average 30 in back-to-back -back seasons. Russ was just announced as player of the month for May. They've done crazy, crazy things when it comes to their numbers. But then you see something like Sunday where Brad is really fighting through a hamstring injury in a game that is a, a must-win. What can you say about those two guys when it comes to what they do on the court from a just pure will to win perspective. Um, ultimate competitors. You know, I, I, I say it all the time, you know, when Russ first came in, you know, from day one, he was always competing, you know, no matter who it was, whether it was me, which was the last guy on the bench, or if it was against Brad, he was always competing. And, you know, that doesn't stop even to this day, you know, and same with Brad, you know, every single day in practice, he was going at it you know, with everybody, you know, he wanted to prove every single day that he was the best player on the court. And it's the same when we get in the games, you know, those guys, you know, they never stop for them to bring it, how they do every single game, every single year is just unbelievable. And people don't really understand how hard it is to do what they do, you know, for Russ to average a triple double for Brad to score the ball at such a high level, like he does, like those things are, things that you know people just look at it on tv and i'm like man that's 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 okay i could do that or he does that because he shoots the ball every time it's not easy by any means like if it was easy everybody would be doing it you know and everyone's always going to have something to say you know people give russ a bad rep you know or people give brad you know he just wants to shoot you know okay those guys are getting it done at a high level this is the best league in the world and they're dominating every single night so the competitive nature that those two guys have to be able to say you know what tonight we're going to play against you know whoever it is whoever the worst team in the league is we're going to play against them tonight and I'm going to dominate I'm not taking this night off it's unbelievable and you know that speaks back to their leadership you know that if they do it if they bring it every single night you know why why shouldn't we why shouldn't everybody else fall into place and and play at a high level just like they are I want to ask about that that crew that you guys have and I don't a lot of fans don't get to see it but it's pregame every single game it's probably what five or six of you guys that don't see as consistent a, a workload as some of the other guys on the team and you you guys put in some really really intense serious loud fun workouts pregame and it's kind of necessary this year when um when you guys aren't getting the sort of practice that would normally be had in a season. So if, if a guy doesn't see game action for a couple of games and there's no practice, then you're going to go days without getting actual basketball action. And so that's how you guys get it in. And like I said, it's, it's super competitive. It's super fun to watch. And you guys, you guys go at it. What is it like um, amongst that group, like specifically, and how has that helped some of you stay ready for so many of these moments where you guys get called up, whether it's you or Isak or cash or Garrison was, you know, working out amongst that group for a little bit there. What What is that like and how much has it helped this season? Yeah, man, you, you can go ahead. You can call us the trenches, man. Go ahead. We'll, we'll call us that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we go by amongst ourselves. You, you can call us the trenches. Uh, but uh, it's good, man. 
you know, that competitive nature and, and to be able to get on the court um, before the games. And, you know, we don't know if we're going to play when we get in the game or when the game starts. So we have to basically play a game before the game starts. Um, and, you know, most people don't see all the work that those guys put in before the game. Um, that's not our first workout or even second workout throughout the day. You know, that we were in the gym in the morning before that game. Um, and, you know, we have to go, basically the schedule works like we work out in the morning, come back in the afternoon, do a workout before the game. And then there's a possibility we actually play in the game too. And then after the game, we always go in the weight room and lift afterwards. Um, you know, and that's just that, you know, stay ready mentality. Um, you know, I, I can't stand, you know, when everyone always says, you know, just stay ready. Um, but, you know, it, it's true. You have to be ready. Um, you never know when your name is going to be called. Um, and, you know, the best way that we know how to do that is just work, work as hard as we possibly can. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of guys in and out of the trenches, um, but uh, there's been a consistent, you know, two guys that, you know, I, I think that would, most people would overlook, which is, uh Bonga, Isak Bonga, and Cassius Winston. Um, those guys, you know, work extremely hard every day. They're not going to get the credit for it, um, you know, and uh, because people don't see it, you know, they, they don't get in the games. But those guys, you know, work extremely hard every single day. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that I have the opportunity to be uh, alongside of such hard workers as them. AG, I know that you became a father once again recently you got a little as we we talked to davis right after his second born was born you know you got a little baby baby swag going right now um, as they say when athletes uh play well after the the birth of their children but um i know you know you're you're a big family guy um you played at virginia you've been gone for a while but what's it been like to have your family you know have front row seats to watch you play um, I know you you had like uh, some college teammates like Malcolm Brogdon be able to say hi to your family um, and stuff. But what, what has that been like to have them be right there uh, cheering you on? Uh, you know, man, my family is uh, the most important thing to me, you know, outside of my faith. Um, they, they mean everything to me, you know, and uh, for them to be able to see me play here in America, it means so much, even for my, my wife to be able to have the comfort and uh, all the, you know, everything that goes along with playing in America, um, you know, it means so much because, uh, you know, overseas, it's, it's definitely a, a struggle for families. Uh, you know, you don't know anyone, um, you don't have friends, you have communication barriers, everything that, you know, goes along with living in a foreign country. Um, and then add on top of that, you know, two toddlers, and then now I have another infant. So um, for them to be able to be here, it, it means so much to me, man. It's, it's, uh, this year has been a blessing you know, to be able to have my family here and for them to be comfortable here in America and um, home, really. AG, thanks for taking the time today, man. This was great. It's been fun to uh, watch you step up into a bigger role as the season progresses here and, and best of luck as you guys get going on the plan. Oh, man, thank you so much, man. I, I wish you guys uh, the best with the podcast and uh, keep getting all the, the, you know, the small guys on here. So uh, we can tell our story too, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about the small guys. Tell the trenches. Everybody's welcome whenever they want in. I'm going to let them know. I'm going to let them. There's an open, uh, there's an open welcome to this podcast and the trenches will be more than happy to be on here. <laughs> <laughs> Might have Good to deal. rename the podcast. Yeah. Right. Thanks, man. Thank you guys so much.